to the West Chiropractic Podcast. We are in for a real treat today. We have a specialist yoga teacher from London called Becca Sullivan joining us. What a great time to be starting yoga. At home, plenty of time, being able to move, being able to flex your body, helping with your mental stress, helping with your physical stress. Listen, enjoy, relax. We are joined today by Becca Sullivan from Becca Sullivan Yoga. So we're so, so lucky to have Becca on board with us today. She is obviously a yoga teacher and has been doing some amazing stuff these past couple of years with her, her own classes. So I actually met Becca through my wife, my lovely wife, Charlotte. So Becca and Charlotte go way back to school together and we've known each other for, for a number of years now. Becca has an amazing story in that she was an incredibly successful property agent and she was selling properties whilst doing yoga on the side. And she took the big leap last year to give up that job and go full-time in pursuing her career in yoga. So do you want to tell us a little bit more about yourself, Becca? Yes. Hi, everyone. I'm so nice to be here. So yeah, Jeremy said most of it just then, but I was working in the property industry for about 10 years. I came to London in my early 20s, which is actually when I found yoga as well. And I was practicing yoga and doing my job and then in 2018 I decided to do my 200 hour teacher training which was just amazing and life-changing and I started to teach once or twice a week outside my full-time job and as soon as I qualified and then at the end of last year I made the big quite scary decision to leave my job so I could yeah, dedicate more time to teaching really then I've done another 30 hours of training and yeah I teach in gyms and studios I have a few corporate clients I work one-to-one with yeah private clients and I'm loving it. Amazing, amazing. Well, with that being said, what would you say is, for, for our clients, obviously most of them have back and neck issues. So what is the kind of the most practical position that you would prescribe to someone recovering from a back injury? Okay, so it's difficult. So I guess everyone's body is so different and that's really yeah. important to address in your yoga practice. I guess something really simple. So a cat-cow pose, which is actually two poses, but you tend to do them together. And it's really nice because you kind of have a gentle flexion and extension of the spine. But before you come into your cat-cow pose, you start in your tabletop. So I'll write you some instructions to include with the video because you're not going to be able to see me if I do it here now. But you start in your tabletop. So your shoulders are stacked directly over your wrists and your hips are stacked directly over your knees. So before you even do anything, you're familiarizing yourself with what it feels like to have a neutral spine. And then very gently and in coordination with your breath, which is always how we move in yoga, we move with our breath. As you inhale, you drop your belly, you open through your chest, you draw the shoulders back and your hips are lifted. So if you've got upper back pain, this is really nice because it's a nice opening through the chest. And as you all know, even better than I do, a lot of people sit like this, slumped on their desks all day, every day, and it causes neck pain and it causes shoulder pain. So this opening through the chest can be really nice. And then as you exhale, you press through the palms of your hands as you arch through your spine, tucking the tailbone under. So you just move with your breath. If anything starts to hurt, you back off straight away. But it's just really nice to move the spine, to find length, to flex and to extend. And again, to familiarize yourself with what it feels like to be in a neutral spine. A lot of back pain, lower back pain, obviously, is linked to other areas of the body. So if you've got really tight hamstrings, for example, so downward facing dog, which most people have heard of because it's kind of quite an important pose in the mm-hmm. yoga practice. Again, I will, I'll send you some instructions for how to come into a downward facing dog, but it's really nice for lengthening out the hamstrings. One mistake that a lot of people make in their yoga practice when they're coming into their downward facing dog is they're trying to lock the knees out and straighten through the legs. 
You can bend your knees as much as you need in your downward facing dog. Your feet do not need to be touching the floor. The heels can be lifted. The most important thing is finding length through the sides of the body, finding length through the spine as you draw the tailbone up towards the ceiling. So again, that's another really nice one. And then also, you know, if you're struggling with back pain or you've had an injury, strengthening your core so that you're supporting your back. And there are endless yoga poses centered around strengthening the core. But yeah, just working on lengthening out those hamstrings, strengthening the core and just opening up the chest to help with those shoulders and the neck. A downward facing dog is an interesting one because I've got actually forward folds as well. So not forcing yourself down to the ground, but just starting to open up that lower back. And again, both of those you often see in class, people trying to force themselves into the pose. And people often say to me, oh, you know, I can't do that. I'm not flexible enough. You really don't need to be flexible to be to be good at yoga. It's all about working with the breath and flexibility is just a byproduct of staying with the practice and continuing with it. But there's no need to force yourself into any of it. Um, you just listen to your body. You ease off when it hurts and you're guided by your breath. But yeah, downward facing dog, cat cow and a nice gentle forward fold. Amazing. Oh, that's great. I mean, we kind of prescribe a very basic version of those to most of our clients in terms of a cat camel. We call it like a, an angry cat, happy cat. And also not so much a downward dog, but that's amazing what you said about being able to strengthen that length in the hamstrings because hamstrings provide a lot of yeah. tension in the lower back. So that's great. Thank you so much. Yeah, and exactly. If somebody does come into your class with a back injury, like a lot of our clients do, or they're recovering from a back injury, what's the, the yeah. thing you say to them before they start the class? So it's really important that if you are working with an injury that you let the teacher know and then they can modify and just keep an eye on you. And just, you know, if there are certain poses that perhaps that teacher knows that you shouldn't be doing, they can come and give you modifications. There is no one size fits all in a yoga class. So just let the teacher know. I will always say, a physio, I'm not a chiropractor, I'm not a doctor, I'm a yoga teacher. So obviously seek advice from, you know, a professional first. And if they've said something to you, then that's important that they adhere to that. Equally, I am aware of how to work with injuries and I'll always give modifications. There's no reason why you can't come to a yoga class unless you've been told not to. If you're working with an injury, there are so many different options for you. And just listen to your body. You know, if something is painful, then ease off. Come back into child's pose. You can spend an entire yoga class in child's pose if you want to. And also be guided by your breath. So the most important thing is how we work with our bodies and connect that to the way that we're breathing. So if the breath has started to shorten or you're holding your breath or suddenly you realize that you're not breathing deeply into the very bottom of your belly, that probably means that you're pushing yourself a little bit too far. You know, and if you're in pain, suddenly we tense up and we stop breathing properly. So just, you know, backing away from pain, staying with the breath. And yeah, just let the teacher know, because that's fine. You know, I often get people telling me that I have injuries and we can always make, make modifications to make it work for you and for your body. Nice. Okay, good to hear. Now, this next one is a question that we get asked the whole time maybe in a different format and saying, well, who should I go and see, a chiropractor or an osteopath or a physiotherapist? And I'm sure you get this one mm. as well, but I'm trying to deflect this onto you because a lot of people will say to me, I want to get moving more. I want to move my body a lot more. I want to do some Pilates or yoga. Which one should I do? Well, here we have it. Becca, which <laughs> one is it, Pilates or yoga? And what's the difference? Well, I'm obviously biased. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually... I mean, I don't know a huge amount about Pilates. I know the kind of the basic differences and the Pilates instructor might tell me off for saying any of these things I don't know, but I've never really got into Pilates. I started yoga in my early 20s and I never looked back because for me, it caters to everything. It's an amazing physical practice. 
there is a spiritual, mindful element to it as well that I also love, that I don't think features in Pilates so much. Yoga is a lot about the breath. Again, I don't know whether there's such a strong emphasis on breath work in Pilates. I think Pilates is incredibly good as far as I'm aware for strengthening the core. But again, I'm not sure there's the emphasis on the lengthening of the muscles and increasing flexibility. And I guess we can talk more about this if you like, but there is a spiritual element to yoga, which doesn't necessarily feature in every single class. But for me, that's something that drew me to the yoga practice, which, again, I don't think features in Pilates. So that's probably a very general overview. From my experience, I think they're the main differences. Oh, okay. And if somebody comes to you and they say, look, I'm not spiritual at all, I'm not interested in that, what would you say to them for that element? So I think the spiritual element is definitely part of my own personal practice. I go to a variety of different teachers. I probably try and incorporate an element of that into my classes, but I definitely don't think that I make it inaccessible to someone who isn't interested in the spiritual element. So do you need to be spiritual to practice yoga? In short, absolutely not. You need to find the right teacher for you, basically. So I'm not, I don't make it all hugely spiritual because I know that that's going to make it inaccessible to some of my students. So I make sure that I find a balance. But you'll find that there are some teachers that come from a physio background and they'll be incredibly anatomy focused. There'll be some teachers that are really focused on alignment. And there'll be some teachers that are purely interested in the spiritual side of yoga. You know, I do a lot of breath work at the beginning of my classes because I think that's really important. And I may incorporate something or some sort of meditation at the end of my class. But for the main bulk of it, you know, that doesn't mean that you don't work up a sweat because you definitely do that as well if you want to. So, yeah, it's just about finding the right teacher for you. You can walk into one class and there'll be absolutely no element of spirituality whatsoever. And you'll walk into another and you know that's what the class is about so there's no one size fits all sure no that's great to know and i think when i've practiced yoga in the past i mean i would not say that i've I've stuck to it for a long period of time but i have had some really nice benefit from it i can agree with that there's just different practices for different people and you have to kind of find yeah for you through everything so yeah that's really good advice and then obviously people are going to be at home for most of the time and they have some more time Mm -hmm. And they're going to want to move a little bit more. They're going to be more flexible. So if they wanted to start practicing yoga at home, what would be your advice to them? Where do they start? So all you really need to practice at home is a yoga mat. And in fact, actually, I think I had someone in my class on Saturday in my online class without a yoga mat. I mean, you just need some space on the floor, really. That's Mm. it. If you are, we'll just go back to some of your clients are working with injuries. If you're working with an injury, I would... Just make sure that you, rather than launching into like a power yoga class on YouTube, just be careful and maybe just have a chat with a teacher beforehand. You know, I say to all my students that are getting involved in my online classes, if they've got any questions before or after the class, then, you know, absolutely let me know. And yeah, I mean, if you've you've got a yoga mat and if you've got some props, if you need a block or a strap, sometimes that's quite useful to have, particularly if if you're starting out. There are some amazing classes on YouTube. And again, it's quite a good way of finding a teacher that you like because you get a pretty good idea of the style in which they teach from their YouTube videos. And if you practice yoga before and you kind of know what you're doing and you kind of understand your body and what you can and can't do, then, then that's an amazing way to practice. I've been doing that. But yeah, I'm offering online classes. Lots of amazing teachers are offering online classes. If you're new to it, definitely have a chat with them before. Just tell them, you know, where you are with your body, if you're experiencing any pain, et cetera, and they can let you know before the class if there's anything that you shouldn't be doing. But it's a really easy thing to get into, I think, because, yeah, you literally just need your body, your mind, a willingness to learn, and ideally a yoga mat. (laughs) Great. 
Sounds easy. I'm in. Okay. And then <laughs> how do we find out more about you? So if someone's thinking this sounds like the place to start, if someone's thinking, you know, she sounds great, which you are obviously, how do we find out more? <laughs> how can we get on board with you or look you up? Sure. So I have a website, BeccaSullivanYoga.com. You can email me if you have any questions at all. If you're thinking that you maybe you'd like a one-to-one at the moment, that would be a virtual one-to-one, which I am offering at BeccaSullivanYoga at gmail.com. And then I'm keeping my Instagram pretty updated with my online class schedule. Again, guess what? BeccaSullivanYoga. <laughs> so yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram pop me an email, check out my website, that should tell you everything that you need to know. And yeah, happy to have a chat with anybody. Just let me know. Great. And I think as well, you didn't mention it there, maybe you did, but my wife, Charlotte, she did an online class with Becca on the weekend, which was like a group class, but it was in the comfort of her own home, uh, her own home, our home. Mm-hmm. We do live together. This is great. <laughs> um, and this is, a, I know it's a weird time, but it's also a really good time in that, you know, loads of people putting content out there, loads of people putting free advice out there, like Becca's doing with her Instagram. You can go on there, yeah. exactly what she's doing, ask her questions. And obviously you can jump on these classes as well. So a lot of people are offering reduced price classes or discounted classes where it gives you a really, really nice foot in the door to see if this is going to be something that you want to actually continue long-term because Obviously, we will come out the other side of this where people get back into yoga studios or gyms or you know fitness facilities, but it's a nice time to actually experiment with different things from the comfort of yoga. So we'll put all the links in the, the notes below for, for Becca's contact and Instagram and website and everything. But Becca, thank you so, so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Amazing. Thank you. Value there. And thank you so much. Amazing. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Becca. That was incredible. Make sure you check Becca out on BeccaSullivanYoga.com. We'll put the link into her class for this week. Obviously, if you listen to this in a few months' time, please let us know. We can give you another link for her class. Um, check her out. She's fantastic. 